This is the golden question. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 12 of the Golden Question Podcast. This is our guest that has kindly enough decided to welcome himself. Uh, he invited himself, Ethan R. Say hello. What's up, fam? <laughs> so, so I've known... This has been a long time coming. Yes, I was invited months ago. Ethan has been my friend for... Ever since like freshman year of uh, high school, right? We're, we're friends. <laughs> so freshman year of high school. So how many years has that been? Seven. Seven years. That's crazy. So, mo- I mean, we're most likely going to end up doing something together, even if it's like a side thing. He's definitely a, a, a prospect business partner. This is business material right here. So any of you folks listening want some, uh, want some help? or in need of help, call up Ethan. Are you comfortable giving your info to the internet, Ethan? Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, as, as with every podcast, I like to have a main- Actually, actually, you can follow me on Instagram at EthanRSN. <laughs> now, is that real? Do I actually have to plug that in? Yeah, plug. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll put, I'll overlay it somewhere. <laughs> uh, okay, so... So as I said, I start every podcast with a question, but obviously we're not only going to just answer the question. There's a bunch of other stuff that we can end up uh, talking about. But given that this podcast mainly deals with economics, politics, and I would say philosophy, because I might delve into to like um, to religion and, and, and that aspect of, of academia. But the main question today is why is the stock market going up? All right. Question mark. That's the, that's the title. Despite everything we're seeing, why is the market going up? So if you want to start us off, Ethan, tell us a little bit about your portfolio. What, what are you investing in? Uh, and personally, this is obviously not on, on paper, but what are you long and what are you short? What do you think is going to go up? Uh, you could go into specifics. You could tell me companies or you could just talk about sectors and what are you short? What do you think is going to go down personally? You mean like my personal assets or my... Oh, no, it could just be opinions. Yeah, just, just your, mm. your perspective, your opinions. But no, you could tell us what you're actually investing in if you don't mind. Well, I made a mistake because I bought. I went long on a total market index, Vanguard total so, market index uh, a month before coronavirus. And I had a, like a 9 or 10% return in a month. So when what one is day it was all gone. When did you buy it? In like the beginning of February. Beginning. Why 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 did you buy it there? Why didn't you buy it before? Because it was on it was, it went down in value a little bit at the beginning of February. And I saw a buying opportunity. And it worked because I made money. And I was gonna keep making money if it wasn't for coronavirus. Do you check your investments every day or is it you buy it and you just leave it? No, you can't. I'm a passive investor at this point in my, in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in active investing. You don't believe as in, a, as a, I don't believe in, in, in normal people doing active investing. So like day traders, long, like yeah. high school day traders. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do they I want to know what's your opinion on day trading? Day trading. The, I mean, 
it definitely blew up like the past couple of years, especially with like all these gurus online on the internet. You've noticed, right? I mean, I think it's obvious now. Everybody's noticed. They sort of expanded to a point where it's so obvious that it's it's not entirely what they uh, they say it is. But yeah, I think day trading, if you're going to day trade, you have to have, I mean, if you're day trading just penny stocks, you're not really making that much money. If you're just, if you're just using, you know, you have a, um, um, a portfolio of like a hundred bucks to play around with. I mean, if you're day trading, you, you have to have a lot of skin in the game. Don't you agree? So if you're a day trader that that means you don't be, you don't believe in a, that there is an efficient market, right? You believe that you can play a game. So you you think that day traders think that they influence the market? So like let's say there's yeah. uh, so you, so let's say there's um um a stock going for let's say it's a dollar and ten cents a share, and he comes in and he buys a million of those shares for what is that a hundred thousand? What was the price that you said? A dollar. Uh, yeah, we need. We, I need to pull out a calculator. So it's a dollar and ten. This is hypothetical. Yeah, but let's just. Uh, I want to see if if somebody were to buy, let's say, uh, ten thousand shares. Okay, let's just say ten thousand shares. Do you think that could move the price? Ten thousand so shares. Ten thousand shares of a dollar and one a dollar and ten cents. So I'm not, I don't mean in terms of moving price. I just mean that they, if you're day trading, you believe that you. There's information that not everybody knows and that a price isn't reflecting. That a price well, isn't reflecting all information. Yeah, but what day traders I think do is they they look they just look at the charts. Like they, they can care candlestick, whatever. But I don't think they look at the news. I mean these companies are so small, there's no like news outlet reporting. There there's no what, they're not worthy enough for being I mean people day trade all types of large cap stuff. No, exactly. But I'm talking about like people who day trade penny stocks like high school kids who think that they could no, make a living even high school and college kids are day trading with real stocks like apples but i wouldn't consider that yeah. day trade you, i mean you can't with in order to become a day trader don't you need to have a balance of twenty five thousand? no yeah what do you mean in order to day no. trade you need to have a balance of twenty five thousand because it you need to then the sec considers you a day trader we're only limited to five trades per week. I think it is five trades per week. I don't know if it's pattern day trader, like pattern a legit, day right? Yeah, but for us, it's illegal. Like if I were to trade a stock more than five times a week, the, uh, I'll get a penalty for it. I think my account, I don't know the penalty. I don't know the the consequence, but we're limited to five uh five shares per week. I think five isn't that, per week. that require is that requirement March? It's weekly. To day trade with margin? Oh, to day trade with margin? I mean, I don't know about that. PDT essentially states that traders with less than 25K in their margin account cannot make more than three-day trades in a rolling five-day period. So if you make three-day trades on Monday, right. yeah, you that's can't what make I more days on the You can't make... Again, the, yeah. No, continue. It's, it's, you can't make three trades within the same day no, you can't make. Um, no, hold up! It? But this doesn't account. It doesn't apply to cash accounts. If you're just trading with your own cash, you can. 
They're talking about when you're trading with leverage, you have to have 25K. It doesn't apply to cash accounts? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So if you're liquid, you can do it. Yeah, so... That's how the students do it. Yeah, so what I'm saying is people who day trade, do you... So we can agree that they don't look at the news, the news about the stock, even if there is. Some do look at news and then they make they make quick decisions based on the news. But the thing is, by the time it's on the news, the the price is already in, right? It's not like you, not you read it. It's not like you read it on New York Times and then the you think that the stock is going to go up because of that news. The stock is already up. I mean, the the, the moment the news hits, the the stock goes up. I mean, instantly. I mean, there, there's obviously people who, who who've gotten okay. heard of the news before it even goes to the news outlet. But people who day trade, I think, look at mainly the charts. They could tell if this is if it hits a certain resistance level, if it goes above the resistance, too expensive, too low. They look at the historic 52-day average. They look at the moving average. They mainly just look at the charts and they treat it like um, like a game. To be really, I mean, they once they see it go to a certain level, they buy or they sell. That I but think your question, is your question was do they influence prices, right? Right, but. If they just look at the charts, it's I don't think you can make a living if you don't have a large sum of money to invest Probably in. because yeah, because commission fees come in. Right. And, and then and capital gains if you sell within that period. Yeah. And That's why day trading doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make sense, but then you get into the risky thing of people cons- uh, thinking that you're just gambling with money, right? Oh, you're not uh, you know, you have no clue. You have no information about the company. You're just trading on, you're just betting on it going up or down. Aren't you just gambling? Would you think that's gambling? Would you think that day trading based on exclusively looking at charts as gambling? Day trading. If you only look at charts, it is gambling, but day trading, if you have like some hedge funds, if they have, if they've put, if they've invested into programs that do balance sheet analysis and income statement analysis, like that type of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I know you, like you didn't go past the first finance class. so <laughs> I'm going to do the second one now. Pray for me. If they have programs that, that can go through those, those uh, financial statements and indicate to them like if there's going to be a future problem or if it's a strong company and they want to day trade based on that information, fine. Mm-hmm. But if they're just day trading based on yesterday's close compared to today's open and a candlestick. Right. So I, I there's a lot of gambling, there, but there's a lot of um, statistics involved into it. As you said, like the statistical analysis part of looking at the historical prices, where do you think it'll go? That part you wouldn't consider gambling because you have to have like a, a knowledgeable, um, not statistical analysis, financial analysis. Mm-hmm. You know what they found out? Um, I'm reading, uh, I don't have the book with me. I'm reading Jim Rickards, uh, The New Case for Gold. And in a separate video, he, he his company does this. Uh, why are you shaking your head? <laughs> what? Your obsession with gold. We're going to, we're going to get into that by the way, but we won't spend too much, but we won't spend too much time there. Um, But basically, basically he was interviewing someone and he's explaining to people what he does with this company. um, Besides him just advocating for gold. Uh, He had, he has a company that does the statistical stuff. They look into 
uh, trends. Statistical stuff. That's it. Sounds too sweet. Statistical stuff. They they look at trends, and what he found out was the the um, some of the people who were who knew who were close to the terrorists for nine eleven, they actually dumped a bunch of stock into the market of, 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 of uh, like United airline Delta, like all the airline stocks, yeah, they, they shorted trading. them. That's insider trading. Right. And so those people, would you consider them? No, a gambling or D or B. No, that's informed decision. That's the same type of informed decision that those lawmakers did before coronavirus. When right. we got the briefing three weeks before. And they should all be in jail, by the way. But Every what, single one. What exactly did they did they sell or did they short? They what is it? Oh, I mean, um, what what did they sell? Do, I actually, I don't know. I don't know if they shorted, but they sold. What exactly and did a they bunch sell? Of them sold and a bunch of them bought like cleaning products and mm. and medical care, and they bought uh, into medical care. PNG, the health sector. Yeah, PNG is a big one. It's illegal. What they did is illegal. They should be in jail. But what are they? I mean, they were they just sold their and that's not a part of the gains that they made from doing that. It was crazy. How much did they make? Millions. I think the New York Times has like a graphic on it. Mm. Every single one of them, their their chart had an uptick dramatically. So, yeah. <laughs> but what what's your opinion on um, on insider trading? Do you think it it should be a the federal offense. Yes. Why, why do you think so? It's because, what do you mean? You see, I never, it's kind of obvious, but there's sort of like a really blurred line that you get into. Yeah, it's hard to spell out, but it's, it's a moral thing. Why do you get an advantage in a, in a free market? It's a free market. Mm -hmm. It's not a biased market. You don't get to have information that's going to make you millions of dollars. Well, the data on, in, and Hoboken gets nothing and he's going to lose half of his savings. So the immoral part is having information that is immoral. not available to the public. Yes. That's what, what about, what, a, what about a secret tree. recipe to a pizza sauce? That's making that's me money. Different. But, but that's not, it's not the same. I don't even, I'm not even going to try to explain that. That's, <laughs> that's I, I, I threw a curveball. Grandma's secret sauce. But you you said that it's information that I have that's not available to the public. But isn't that the whole point of no, having but, a competitive advantage? No, but it's inside it's insider information that's going to let you predict the future. Mm -hmm. It's not a it's a it's a it's an immoral competitive advantage. It's not something you worked for. Right. Yeah, I think that's a that's an important you part. you gained in a free economy. It's cheating. It's like taking PEDs. It's the same thing. So they have small nuts too. Uh, so, no, no, I, I agree. I think that what you said was very important, though, the aspect of working for it. I mean, if I have, if I'm working, uh, as I said, I think the example with the, with the recipes is, is, it's a good example where you're working for something that you want to keep personal. And then if it gets exposed, then you, um, then it's a different scenario than, than insider trading. Uh, what, so did you sell? 
You're still in? I think part of the reason I'm still in and part of the reason I want to get out and I kind of regret not getting out about a week ago. Mm-hmm. A week ago, the market, we had uh, good news. Remember? What was it? I stayed in because the news changes every day. <laughs> One day, the coronavirus is going away. It's dying out. Its potency is lessening. Yep. And then another day, Florida, all of a sudden, is New York three months ago. I realized that. Every single week, it's like a different. Yeah, it's like one week. That's what the market is right now. It's just based on that news. Mm -hmm. Futures are based on whatever news at five o'clock that comes out about it. The Dow futures are that, which is bullshit. Uh, You know. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta make it explicit now. Uh, So, uh, yeah, you're, you're right. One week, it's. Coronavirus, uh, coronavirus is might be going away, so the stock every week every other day, every other day the market goes up, and then all of a sudden the next day, there's fears of uh, the prolonging of the virus, and then the stocks go back down. But to be honest, if it's going to be so fickle like that, then the market should just be it should just stay negative. If you multiply a negative number and a positive number, you get a negative number. Yeah. If there's any negative news, that, then we should just be bearish the whole time. Exactly. And I and think that's it. That's the manipulative part. It's like the good news is like a hypothetical good news. Oh, it could be. We think. It's never. It's not solid news. Yeah. If, when, if you look at the stock market now, in my opinion, there's no such thing as bad news because even if you have bad news, oh, the bad news is only temporary. I'm a long-term guy and the market continues to go up even though there's bad news. So the, there's no bad news that ever kills the bull run because any bad news is considered short-term, right? We have a virus. Oh, the virus is short-term. We'll find a cure for it. Let me stay in. I don't know. Uh, the, no, the virus is long-term. No, but there's people. The revenue estimates go into like the second quarter next year. Okay, but then after that, like let's say next year, we we get lower uh, lower than expected estimates, or no lower than expected uh, numbers, results. and then yeah results, and then but then the market goes back up, or no pe- people now are thinking that the market's going to go up in a year or two, and they think that oh I can get it at a discount now just as you thought oh the market's dipping I can get it at a discount so I think the mentality is. There is no such thing as bad news for the market because any bad news is, oh, the market might go down. It's a it's perfect time to buy now or um, I have my positions already in and I can just wait this this problem out. I don't I don't agree. So you think there's still some bad news that could that could send the market down? I don't think there's any. How can it be good? Why would you want to buy into this market? Because the market now. Why is like, it going up? It, it, but it wasn't going up. It, we're just back where we were before coronavirus. And if we're just going to have a second wave or if these states are just going to flare up again, it's just going to go back. I don't see room for growth, if it's already, especially if it's already inflated. And Look at the 10-year yield. Look how low that is. But you, you, you think we're back at where we were? I think so. What's Not really. We're, we're, we're still down. Well, we're down uh, because we had a bad week. We had a bad couple of days. No. Like I mean, we're half ago. We were back. We were back not too long ago. Not back at the December highs. 
forget December. What, what about like end of February and March? December. What happened in? Well, well we had the dip. We had the dip at the beginning of March. It was before, even before a New York closed down. The dip already had started. The end of February. The end of February. Yeah. The last, like the last couple days, was February twenty first, before a huge dip. Mm-hmm. And then I mean, on, we're June, s- on June 8th, we were already back at 27 and a half compared to 29. We were almost there. But we, I, I would argue we're not fully yet recovered. We're still in this. Yeah, uh, for sure not. Obviously. Not fully, yeah. All right, Ethan. Let's, uh, let's get into a topic that you don't like. Do you think precious metals are going up? I mean, are going are to continue. So do you companies. think they're going to continue to go up or do you think people are, think the highs are in? I don't know, bro. I'm not a precious metals expert. No, so what do you the think? Hedge, hedge against inflate. Hold up. You know what? Actually, I, I disagree because gold is a hedge against inflation, but we're not, we don't have inflation now. We have def- we're going to have either zero inflation or negative deflation. So Correct? I agree. Because people aren't buying stuff. But it's temporary. Really short term. Yeah. Who says? What do you mean? If people don't get their jobs back, they're not going to be buying stuff for the next couple of years. You know, uh, uh, plane tickets are back up. But they're actually they're out. They're actually above where they were in December. Now, I think I don't know if there's a site that can give us like an average, but flight tickets now. I mean, we had that initial dip where you can get what like a ticket to Puerto Rico for like ten dollars or something like that something some crazy amount i think the all the fees that you have to pay cost more than the actual uh the price of the ticket but right now as we're speaking the prices of tickets on average are actually above where they were uh pre-corona cpi forget but that's not inflation i'm talking about the cpi the cpi is going to be negative this year so you but Unfortunately, this is where you think that the CPI is an actual representation oh of inflation God, in the economy. Or the, no, not. I'm not saying. I'm not arguing that it's. Uh, that Close it's just enough. a lie. No, no. I'm not saying that it's a lie. Like it's a complete lie. Like somebody's just thinking of it out of the blue and putting it down on paper. I think that the way they measure it, the way they measure it, is. It's not. Uh, correctly or accurately portraying the real inflation it's like trying to measure uh the length of a pencil in water or something like that why do you think that because i think the the incentive is to make inflation not as big as a problem so the way they measure it they try to keep it as low as possible i I agree i I know i've i've read the same articles the peter schiff stuff okay Mm -hmm. even if they're underestimating the inflation Right. Just look outside. That there's definitely going to be deflation this year. How can there not be? Nobody's buying gas. Nobody's buying gas. But yeah. But household items. Like but, that. So yes, I agree. There's going to be a dip in demand. But Huge dip. S- but supply is not going to be where it is. Exactly. Supply is going to so dip. But supply oh, is going to dip further than the dip in demand. You, I don't think so. Especially after that little oil war we had with this crazy, we had an oversupply of oil. Right, but 
I mean, we can get into uh, another podcast. The only thing, on, actually, the only thing maybe, that maybe what you're talking about, where it could come, it, you might be right, is that they called off the China deal today, right? Wait, what do you mean they called off the deal? Like that could cut off supply, the China trade deal? Yeah, I mean, phase one is completely thrown out the window. I think they threw out the whole thing. They threw out the whole thing. I mean, that was that was the main thing that had that had Trump on a ledge. That's what he was relying on, to be honest. If we don't have that deal, then supply might go down. But then I feel like it's just going to even out. But don't you think, me as a business, I'm not going to keep stocked up if my demand goes down and keep my prices lower. I'm going to lower my supply. I'm always going to try to keep my prices as high as possible. If I'm if I'm Walgreens and right this pandemic hits my demand goes down. You said, oh, nobody's going and buying stuff anymore. Why am I going to keep stocked up the same amount of supply as I had before? I'm going to lower my supply. In fact, I'm going to lower below the demand that currently is so I can still have some sort of leverage in with my price. I don't know. I feel like neither of us are qualified enough to, to argue this. Yeah, but we're just, I think that we're just conceptualizing it. I think it's a lot easier than what, what people think it is. Or if they are, it's going to stop soon once the stimulus checks don't hit. So you're saying people aren't going to buy as much, right? And therefore the price goes down. But what happens when supply One gets... Of the main things of inflation is, is oil, no? What makes yeah. you think? How do you figure? Right, oil affects manufacturing. Yeah. Yeah, relationship. Yeah, but oil prices are going to go back up and they're already back up. Right now, it's, I think, we're, what are we at? $30 a barrel? Can you check? Let's check right now where we're at. Crude is 38.38. Right, we're, we're back at $40 a barrel. Think about that. We've hit the negative price point uh we went negative right at the end of april and now we're back at 40 we're back at where january is where we were in um well not january but i feel like this early february what if if we just relapse we're gonna be like a cancer survivor that could happen so you think you think all the prices are going back down good who's traveling the only thing maybe not is that if we just refuse to get locked down again, that could happen too. Eric, we, we could just say no. The politicians won't have it. Yeah, but I, I think if we start seeing an increase in cases, it's going to eventually scare people into going back into, going back into so. quarantine. Because right now, the cases are going like down. Know somebody who got it. What is that? I feel like most people don't even know anybody who had coronavirus. My uncle had it. Your uncle had it? Uh, so yeah. that's one person? I know one person. We both know one person. That's one that. Person, one person? The thing that shut down the world, One we, we know one person? I don't even know this woman. I just met her one time. No, I think the fact that we both know one person, and we're, I mean, I would consider myself you a mean, nobody. How many people do you know that have cancer? A lot. F- not really. Not in my family. Uh, or other ailments the thing about cancer is a lot of old people get it and it's just like a na- they the consider old- it a natural death also 
you know you know what the oldest well my, my grandpa had lung earth? cancer my grandpa had lung cancer disease on earth is cancer they, we just didn't know it because the people back then didn't live long enough to get it right yeah no i definitely agree with that but let's get back to inflation real quick i think a part that you're missing ethan when you th- when you look at inflation you only look at it from the demand side so you think that the higher the demand is the more prices there are the lower the demand is the lower the prices but you're not factoring in the supply I think demand, demand right, we, we could both argue that demand is going down. I would argue 100% that demand goes down. I think the, but I think demand changes much more than supply. Right. There's a delay. That's why initially there's deflation. Yeah. Because obviously yeah. the stuff is already on the shelves now. But once that stuff goes off the shelves and now I have to call in my next stock, am I going to order as much as I did before or am I going to order less? If you're a good businessman, you'll order less. Right. So this is where I think there's a delay. Initially, you have deflation. We had plane tickets go to $10. Um, you had all these uh, businesses now that knew that they were going to have to close in a week. So they just try to discount everything, get it, out of their, get it out of their stock. So initially, you have this deflation. But as soon as that, maybe a week or a couple of weeks, as soon as the stuff flies off the shelves and now it's time for, to restock, supply is lower than demand. And it's lower than where it uh, the new demand is. I wish I had a chart which I could draw it, but I'm not uh, George Gammon. All right, let's you, get off this. Topic, did you watch George Gammon? No. no? You got to watch him. I, I think he, did a, he does a really good job at explaining. I just feel like neither of us are knowledgeable enough to talk about this. But I think it's simple. It could be I simple, think, but I you're think... also lacking data. This is a data question. I think people claim that it's complicated for us not to understand. It's a manipulation. You need the data, and the data is not even out yet. So how are we supposed to know? The data for what? It'll like come out inf- soon. Inflation and stuff. Just revenues. What was the net. what was the last CPI for quarter two or quarter does it go one? Go by quarter, or does it just go by year? No, I think they do it by quarter. I think it was. Um, I don't know if we hit 2%. I think it's some some it's somewhere around 2%. I mean, we've been at 2% for a while. Um you know, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. It's it's 2% yearly, so quarterly just obviously divided by 4. Um Okay. So next topic. Next topic. The what do you think about Trump's message about making America more independent? And now they like to cite uh, what we're seeing now, especially with, did you hear what happened with 3M? You mean, you, you mean like isolationism? Not isolationism, but trying his message of trying to get manufacturing back into the United States. And I'll, I'll tell you, yeah, self-sufficiency. Yeah. But I'm going to get into an irony that I see in it. But what are your thoughts on, on how we can achieve that independency? I think he's right. But he's also wrong because it's him. You understand? How is we, it him? So, so there, there, you're, you, you think there's an irony in it? Where there he, is an, yeah, yeah, I agree. There is an irony, and we can we can expand on that. But because we do need we do need some we need a little bit of isolationism, right? And especially we need trades who are skilled, and we do need men because we can't just rely on another country for everything. That's dangerous. 
especially the country that this virus might have come from. Right. We might have to break relations with them. Yeah, and then you're you're forced to. Yeah, but there was this uh, the case with. Hold on, hold on. on. Mm -hmm. But then the problem is the message. The message comes from crisis. He's making it uh, us against them thing. Instead of incentivizing us to to just get better by ourselves, he's he's being like, we we need to get we need to do this so we don't have to rely. He's putting out the wrong message. He doesn't understand that China loans us a lot of money and they're a large buyer of our treasuries. So, and they currently own a lot of treasuries. Yeah. And they currently own a lot of treasuries. So they could easily just say F it, screw it. And well, I think right now the fed might become the biggest buyer, but at any moment, they could just get pissed off and say, you know what, let's just sell all these treasuries and you'll see, I mean, rates go down crazy. Um, but yeah, so did you hear what happened with 3M? Can I, I can't hear you, Ethan. I didn't say anything. Oh, did you hear what happened with 3M? With the, ma- with the masks, yeah. Oh, like... They they wouldn't send them over. Exactly, I, I think that 3M is a perfect example of of that was, that uh, wasn't 3M. That was just China, right? So they had factories in in China uh, manufacturing this stuff, and just the logistics of having to ship it over, and and especially when everything's on lockdown. I mean, it's hard to get all the logistics right. So I, I think that's 3M. I think exemplifies a, a perfect example of. Uh, what happens when you have and it's weird because 3M is headquartered here it's an American, American company that's that which makes which makes the the issue even more convoluted like them cool for a week you get in, like I'll do a course I'll do two courses and eventually like you get bored but, but I think part of it is that also like I'm in college so I don't want to go from college and then sit in front of the computer and try to it's like doing college twice right yeah, it's it's hard to Even test them out. out. Like in the summer, I'm cool with it. No, I agree. It's hard to test it out because we're obviously still in school. If we had the option to get out of school and, and try them out, then we could make a fair assessment. Um, the way I look at it is, and tell me if you agree, the way I look at it is the education, I think, should have already been online only decades ago. I think so ever since the around shit for 15, 20 years. What is that? Only been like legit in a learning something in a in a manner that's you can sustainably learn for 10, 15 years. So what do you mean decades? No, no, like t- 20 years ago I think we the internet education should have already been online. And how do I justify that statement. I think that the advancements in technology have not reached the education sector. I think that the education sector... Mike Mike broke. Uh, Can you hear me now? It's an internet thing. Yeah. So... Can you hear me now? Okay. So I think 
the way I look at it is because the education system is essentially um, uh, owned entirely by the government. I mean, anybody who tells you that we have a free market in education is, is smoking something. So our education system is entirely, I would say 90% monopolized by the government. Because of that, it's it's been so far behind from a, I mean, you could look at it from a business perspective and uh, an economic perspective, a technical perspective. It's so far behind that it hasn't catched up with technology. I mean, the fact that in caught in two thousand was that caught up. What what did I say? You said catched up, catch up, catch up. So I mean, the fact that. 2010, we were in fifth grade, right? And I remember sitting in a classroom and my teacher had a chalkboard and she's writing with a piece of chalk on the board in 2010. Doesn't that tell you something about how, uh, how far behind that was? What is that? There was no smartphones were barely around in 2010. 2010, I had an iPhone. I had an, uh, in sixth grade, I had a iPhone four. That's a smartphone. 2010 yeah no well i know it was 2012 ish 2011 12 but it's not i mean yeah but the fact that we're still the teachers using chalk i mean it's not just my teacher i mean with all this my ps60 right where you're what do you mean you still there you think there's classes that still use chalk Exactly. So that. Well, not really. In Baruch? I've had. In Baruch, there's a chalkboard in the classroom of Baruch. Yeah. I don't know. But I. All right. Yeah. Like a whiteboard. Yeah, that's that counts. But, But my point is. You don't see that as a problem. You don't see that the education system being so far lagged behind as a, um, and how what the potential it could have been, where education could have been um, now if it wasn't Missing bogged down by the government. What's the problem? The problem isn't the tech part. It's just the nature of education. Well, I think... Waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning, get there at 8 o'clock. And going from eight to three, and the math program is terrible in half of schools in America. It's not a tech thing; it's just a, a, the nature. Of so you by think educate kids, by the time you get to by the yeah. time you get there, you want to leave. So you think even kids, if you look down, their natural sleep cycle is only starting at six a.m. You're you're cutting off their their REM sleep. <laughs> which is when they retain information. I'm serious. I'm not. Don't no, 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 no. But so, so you, but no, but you, aren't you proving my point that the education system has not evolved enough? Looking, yeah, I mean, sure. look at it back a hundred years. I don't think, I don't, I'm not talking about evolving through tech. I'm just talking about evolving in other ways. I don't think tech has. Any- All right. I think, so I think yeah. tech will just distract. So good. So we, we don't have to look at the, through a, a technical perspective. Let's look at it from a, just uh, an operation standpoint, right? Uh, that's a, is that a fair word to use operation? 
Do you think that because the government has monopolized, the education system has not improved and has not evolved and is, is not bettered itself over time? I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. I think it's just a policy problem. Who makes the policies? The government. So if it's a but policy... It's all... yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. No, continue. No, I was just going to say, if it's a policy problem and you said that the government issues the policies, then couldn't you say that, right? The source of the problem emanates from Mr. Sam. State government, yeah. Because don't forget the government is super different. Right. Like New York, we test kids on a one test at the end of the year on a regent which doesn't really make any sense. Right. I forgot this. Uh, Different thing. I forgot the site that uh, I forgot about, but there's this site that I think I told you this before where they literally have their own curriculum and they have their own testing format and they have their own, um, they have their own format of, 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 of how to educate your, your kids. I wish, I wish I knew the name of it. Um, Cause it, it sounds like an interesting concept. Uh, okay, Ethan, we're on our last topic, sort of similar to the one before. Um, what do you think the future? We get what do you, how, how has this been for you? How has what been for me? I'm super grateful to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm gonna invite you back. Don't think this it's is been awesome. awesome so far. Yeah. Uh, I just wish. I think. I think it'll be better if we were in person. Don't you think? Right. I think online, it's good. Like I see you. I mean, I was about to do it without even putting it on video, but I think, uh, in person, it's a lot better. That's why I mean, professional podcasters, they do it in person. Uh, Joe Rogan, right. He, the first, uh, like when we got into quarantine in LA, right. He's, he lives in LA. So when he got into quarantine, he did like two, or I don't, I forgot how many, but he did only a couple online. And then he was like, screw that. I'm, I'm back to inviting guests. He did one or two online. Yeah. Just one or two. I mean, you, I thought, all right, he's just going to do it online now, but I guess it didn't, it's not the same. Yeah. I mean, this, I think this shows you that although tech can help us, tech claims to help us, but I don't want to like, what is that? I'm I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant to hurt your feelings on Zoom. Why? Person, I would roast you. It's kind of hard to roast you here. I could just end the call. <laughs> you, as soon as you, you said, I said I could just end the call. True. Yeah. Um, no, but I think that we, we humans do better when they when they sit down in person because it's like natu- It's more natural, right? Especially if we blaze up, you could pull out your whatever you want to do. I'll pull out a nice big fat brown cigar. You see that? That shows us if you guys want to know, I think a good way to tell, a good way to look at someone is to look at what they smoke or if they smoke. I know we don't smoke. Um, We don't. 
So I wanted to conclude this by saying, I mean, we could, we're, since we're talking about Zoom, this is a good uh, segue. Do you think uh, office work will transition online or do you also think that's a bunch of wishful have. thinking? It already has. Do you think it'll think stay? Their employees can work at home forever. And um, what's funny yeah. is, say that again. I think people would work harder at home. They'd be like, oh, it's the more I got to, I'm going to punch in virtually or whatever. I'm going to get all my work done by 11 or 12 and then I'm free. If it's from nine to four. But what about the distractions? What about the distractions? Talk about that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's distractions in the office too. There's distractions in the office too. There might even be more distractions in the office. There's bad you think there's more the distractions in the office? Depending on how you look at it, how you live your life, it depends. If there's no. things to do in the office, if it's like a liberal company. But there's there still has to be like, what's funny is I think the most important aspect of working is the meetings, right? The idea that you could sit down with a group of people face to face. Like this too. But then again, listen, though, a bunch of, a lot of meetings, what meetings for a lot of people is nonsense and bullshit. No, I think so, meetings are important for business. It, input numbers is like so you you think meetings are not as important as as people say they are if you're if you're a, if you're a software developer and you need to collaborate with somebody else because you're doing a huge project then yeah probably a meeting would be a good idea but if you're just a, a excel person a data entry person what do you need a meeting for right eight fifteen dollars an hour to put numbers in and meetings waste of time so, but then how do you, I mean, just the idea of t- like having a group chat with your workers and, and, and collecting ideas. I mean, don't you think that's important also? Again, depends who you are. But uh, I mean, we're talking about people who, who have the capability of working online. Do you think those people, I mean, they're obviously if you're in Starbucks and you're a, a barista and, and you're with your other people you're going to obviously have to meet in person. I mean, you're not going to just go home and then meet in online and then come back. But, but the people who are capable of fully working online, do you think they should continue to have? um, Yes. You can get rid of office space, cost less money, less stress. So you're short on the only thing is office reach generation of couch. What is that? We might create like a generation of couch potatoes. (laughs) Actually, no, but you sit down all day in the office too. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't. Assuming have variables. Answer. Some people like it. Some people might hate it. If you hate it, it's probably because you talk too much and you want to be in office so you can annoy people. Right. What do you What do you do with the talkative person? So you talk to them because you want to be nice. I said, "What do you do with the talkative person?" Like, you 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 said what's up to them, and I'll I'll tell you why I'm bringing this up. What's that? Just nod your head. Just nod your head. Just nod your head? No, but what if they like what if they are continuously asking you questions? Just keep nodding. Nodding is like the most passive aggressive thing you can do. They'll get it. Just nod. Eventually. So my neighbor, she's just because I talked I told you about this, right? I talked to her about um what we think is of this the, on the podcast. What? Are we are we live right now? We're live. We're still live. So 
Wait, why? Why'd you ask? I don't know. What if she hears this? <laughs> She's okay. Let her hear it. Um, <laughs> but basically, you bowled out me. Yeah. You see, this is what Zoom does to you. What online does to you? You, ha- you have more. You have more balls. But um, she she keeps she keeps talking to me and. Ever since I okay. talked to her, I just kind of showed her that I, I wanted to talk, but I I quickly regret that. And then now she just keeps talking to me and I can't, I don't know how to stop it. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but so you think retail office space, there's going to be a crash in the office, uh, I mean, office like space you- market. In these offices, service work, right? Mm-hmm. What do those people do? A lot mm-hmm. of them. First of all, A, how miserable do they look? And B, what are they really doing? We will never know unless we step foot in one of their offices. Unless we sneak I in. Just, we have been. I've been in the office. you seen what they do? Yeah. You don't remember we went to the MetLife? We, we were in MetLife. So I remember it's one. In the UFT office? Yeah. Everybody. Either they show up late and leave early. It wasn't MetLife. It was uh, all, all. It was it Mass Mass Mutual. Whatever it was, the insurance. Yep. There was nothing going on. There's yeah. one dude, big dude, who makes the actual decisions, and everybody else is just a clerical. Mm-hmm. So what do they all need to be there for? Yeah, there was this one Asian guy in one of the offices. I remember. Racist. Why? No, no reason. <laughs> all right so we're we're, we're racist now because we, we we label people but there was this one guy who was on the phone and then he we come in he's already on i i remember seeing him sitting down on the phone while we're while we're working he gets up he leaves the whole day and then i think just as they were about to close what time did we finish like two or three some sometime like that or before then Two, three, four. no, we, it was more like four or five, right? I don't remember. I but think we, we finished late. What was people, that? We finished late, but people had already left. Exactly. So just as about, uh, just as when the day was over, he comes in, he stays there for like a couple of minutes and he leaves. I mean, I don't know. There's definitely a lot of... It's, what do you think? This is, see, this is, this is my problem with school. It just trains you to do that. Follow direction. Come, come either on time. Everybody's trying to leave early. Right. It's the same thing. It it, it goes like this. It's so then I think you can make a, the parallel. Did you enjoy school online? Did I enjoy school? It was way easier, no. It was easier. You can. I felt like I got more done. Spent less time on my schoolwork because I was able to focus quicker. I I I think it was my fault that I didn't focus. Like I I intentionally yeah, yeah. didn't focus. But if I did, I think I would I w- it would have been better. So it's the same thing for work. Yeah. But you see, the thing about work is that, as you said, a lot of it was already sort of online. Like we've the the. Working virtually, you're, you're, you're physically in person. What is that? 
you're working online, but you're physically, but you're physically in person. Yeah. But you see, but look at, look at it this way. The work, obviously the business, the economy is more, is more, uh, free, um, economically speaking than the education sector. So the education sector, once we went online, because the education sector, in my opinion, is so backwards, it was such a, it was such a, a stark transition. It was like, whoa, I used to go to school from six to three or from seven to three, from seven to two. And I used to stay there all day. I used to eat there. I used to work out there. I used to be around a lot of people. I was stuck in a building to all of a sudden you're just home. And I don't think people were ready for that transition. Well, we, we, we in Baruch, I mean, as college well, students, you sort of already were sort of already excused because we could do online. But I mean, imagine kids in like middle school or high school who just had that crazy transition. Like, right. They're not ready for it. But I think in the, from an economics work perspective, the transition was not that hard. But it's like, all right, we'll have to do online. Okay, yeah, it's 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 whatever. It's not as big as the education uh, transition. Don't you agree? Probably. So, so are you? Do you? What, what what's the likelihood that you think we'll uh, go back online next semester? I have friends already who scheduled online. Um, but our school didn't do that, so I don't know. What college are they in? CSI. That's it. You don't know anybody else who who you know just CSI. Well, well, look. If CSI goes fully online, there's no way CSI goes fully online, but not the other CUNYs. I mean, don't you think it's a collective decision? I don't. Know. I, don't I don't want to take a train or anything. So I hope it's, it's that they switch. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, if you look at the infrastructure that the United States has built up, all these massive highways and all that, and then for everybody just to not use them, that's crazy. That's the world. But anyways, this is the end of the golden question episode number. You remember what episode? Episode, episode number 12? 12, you got it. 12, episode number 12. So, so did we, we didn't answer the, the question of the podcast. We didn't answer. We didn't answer it. Why is the stock market going up? Let's quickly answer it. Let's, I'll let you answer it in, in two or three sentences. And I'll going up, no, it's not going up. What are you talking about? No, why is it net positive since February? Since February, why is it so oh, positive? You mean net positive? Okay, you mean net positive, not like the current trend. Well, the trend is up. Well, that's why you talk about it a lot on this podcast. Wait, wait, what do you, market what, values have no relation to actual company valuation? I'm gonna say the stock market's going up purely because of inflation. Something that. Ethan said doesn't exist. What? Inflation. Something that Ethan says he does, Not doesn't exist. Inflation. I think it's free money. We There's too much free money. Cheap money. Cheap money. Printed by who? Exactly. Okay. We'll conclude it on that. Sort of an agreement. I, I, didn't, I didn't expect, I didn't expect that. <laughs> ben Bernanke. Jerome Powell. Jerome who is, Powell. Who was after Ben Bernanke and before Jerome Powell? Uh, not Jerome Powell. Janet Yellen. All right, that is it, guys. Uh, we'll see you. I mean, I'm going to invite Ethan back on. Maybe not next episode because I think people need a break from you. That would be overkill. Yeah. You you admit that people need a break from you. It was...
Yeah. They need a break from you too, though. So. Wait, I gave them a long break. I have. I, I haven't made. God. I haven't made an episode in weeks. Thank God. Hmm. Nah, I'm playing. Yeah, so we'll definitely have Ethan back the on. Apple Music. What is that? I said. I said this is the greatest podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Podcast. Right. We gotta hit the the charts. Hit the fucking like button. Hit the what? Hit all the buttons. Yep. Hit all the buttons. Share it with your friends. Share it with your dads, your moms, your 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 cousins, your coworkers. Come on, Ethan. Chime in. Already chimed in. Good. Thank you. Okay. For me. Thank thank thanks for, for inviting yourself. You invited me, but I did invite you. Thank thanks for thanks for doing this. It was fun.